How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. We are back, says F1 and MotoGP. 2017 seasons kicked off today for both. Fantastic weekend. What a weekend of motorsport. So much going on. Yeah, I mean, just F1. Just so much to talk about, man. Ferrari back on top. Incredible. Mercedes still in the hunt, obviously. That's even an understatement, but amazing, amazing weekend. Of course, MotoGP almost didn't even get kicked off with all <laughs> yeah. the rain. It was the most bizarre MotoGP weekend in a place that never rains, um, Qatar. Um, but it did. It rained a lot. They had to cancel qualifying um, and start with their free practice times. But the race itself was a doozy. Yeah, well, this is John Massengo here with Les Kaiser and Jonathan Green. Howdy, howdy. And, you know, let's start with some F1. Well, let me tell you one more thing. At 7.30, we've got a guest coming on because Corey Lewis coming on. He's a Lambo driver in the awesome. IMSA. Yeah. Awesome. We're going to get his take. And we've got Inga Strecka, our F1 correspondent, calling in from Melbourne. So we're going to talk to her in just a few minutes. And uh, But, yeah, let's talk some F1. You know, in fact, uh, Jonathan, why don't you start with just kind of your take overall i think overall it was a bright start and obviously you know uh to see ferrari winning again given the stranglehold that mercedes have had for the last few years i think i think everybody and you can see from the nbc coverage they were so happy to see somebody else win a race um i don't think it was as obvious in terms of it i mean it was definitely some great tactics some great pit stops by ferrari to win um but i certainly wouldn't be counting out mercedes too quickly they got on the podium with both their drivers a great start from botas for his uh first race for the team uh and hamilton looks as strong as he ever has has done so i think it's going to be interesting as a season to be honest you ask for my overall i'm really interested and has included because the has boys didn't finish but were competitive, uh, especially with Grosjean. But it's going to be an almighty midfield battle. Force India, Sauber, Williams, Haas, all very competitive. And the drive of the day for me was uh, Ocon. I thought the young French kid uh, making his debut, I think he's got a lot of talent. And it was good to see uh, McLaren actually, you know, effectively almost finishing in the top 10. Yeah, if you listen to Alonso, though, his response after the race was... He, he was Not good enough. Not good enough, and I don't blame him. Uh, I don't, not good enough. Well, yeah. I mean, close, but... You know, we're talking to a former world champion, and he knows he's deserving of being up in front. He's capable of it, but where he is just didn't happen. He made an interesting comment to Will Buxton, which was that uh, he said, how was your day? And he said, I, I drove better than I think I've ever driven. That mm, is the wow. best drive I've ever driven. And he said, but I'm battling for a point, And that just seems pointless. Yeah. Um, and it is. Um, and I think, you know, I mean, and Lee Diffie in the studio said, you know, are, are we being robbed of one of the sport's greatest drivers? And I've said this many times. I, you know... 
But I, I, interestingly enough, Steve Matchett put me straight because he said, well, you know, you, you make your luck. You make your own bed in Formula One. And frankly, Alonso has left Renault, has left Ferrari, has left McLaren yeah. um, at the wrong times. Um, and he is, I think, still as talented, if not more than, than Lewis, uh, or certainly to an equal. But he's just, uh, and then it is part of the game of Formula One. You need to be in the right car at the right time. And, you know, is at what point, are his skills diminishing? You know, I know that's it, it. It's in Formula One. You know, I mean, these guys, kids coming out eighteen, nineteen years old, yeah. that are crazy fast. And how old is Alonso now? I mean, yeah, getting so, up, getting up there. So. I mean, he's still he's still young enough to win a title for sure. But uh, I mean, he's in his thirties for sure. So yeah, you're right. Uh, talk of uh, youngsters, Lance Stroll, uh, really impressed. Yeah. Yeah. First nice. drive for Williams. A yeah. uh, lot of pressure on the kid. He'd had a lot of crashes in. Um, the testing, so there wasn't a lot of hope. He had to start at the back. He was pushed back a few uh, rows from uh, his start position, but he came through to 13th before the car was retired. Um, I can't remember the exact what was wrong with the car, but I thought pretty impressive for a kid. You know, Haas F1, I want to jump over to talk about him because it obviously was a great qualifying <laughs> for Roman Grosjean, and he looked great in the race. I mean, he he was looking good, and because look, let's face it, if... Uh, if you got the Ferrari and the Mercedes teams taking those, those top four slots, the that mid pack, like everyone's been saying this weekend, it's going to be tough. And they were looking good. And, and, you know, depending on what happened, they could have been battling for fifth, fourth, maybe even. Sure. Well, the thankful thing on at least uh, Romain's uh, out there was it was his transmission gearbox that went out. That's an easy fix usually. You know, everything else seemed to be going pretty well for him. But well, Magnussen had braking problems again, and of course that was their real Achilles heel last year. So, Well, guys, we have a guest calling in. We have Inga Strecker, Yay! our F1 correspondent. Uh, seems like it's been forever. It has been a while. Inga Strecker, welcome back to Speed City. Hey, guys, I guess because I've been gone for a while, you call me now a guest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I do it to Still Jonathan. part of the family, don't worry. <laughs> How are you? Thanks for staying up late. Oh, actually, it's not late. It's like um, 11 o'clock in Melbourne now. Ah, like, okay. Um, in the morning. It's, it's the so, next um, day. That's right. Oh, that's right. She's ahead of us. It is, yeah, yeah it's, it's all very confusing now. It's the next day. Yes. <laughs> well, Inga, we're so excited to have you back on the show. I want to. I really want to start. I asked you the same question that I asked Jonathan earlier. Kind of what is your take overall for the opening weekend of 2017? Whoa. Um, how, how long, how much time do I have? As <laughs> long as you um, want. I, I, I love the cars. The cars are really fabulous. They look great. Um, they're harder for the drivers to drive. So it's really like more challenge for them. I think there could have been more overtaking. Um, it was, it was a very busy weekend. It started slow and then boom, all of a sudden it was over. It was like unbelievable, exciting, happy. It started again. Very happy we've got a German winner. Um, <laughs> and I think um, looking ahead, this looks like it could be a cool duel between Mercedes and Ferrari and here and there Red Bull kicking in as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I know you know Sebastian very well personally. Um, what must this mean for him? Um, because he was such, you know, the glory boy at Red Bull. And he just hasn't had that with Ferrari, which was, he was there. I mean, he went to Ferrari to change their fortunes and, and it just hasn't happened yet. I mean, it, this is going to be a big fill up for him, isn't it, personally? Definitely. He was beaming. He was smiling. He was like, you could feel the happiness and see it in his face and his whole body language. 
He was like stage diving into his crew's arms. <laughs> he was hugging, stopping. Everybody was got a hug, a shake hand, a pat on the shoulder. It was amazing to see that. And um, it's quite funny because um, <laughs> we got a statement from uh, Ferrari boss Sergio Marciano, the big boss. And the statement started with the sentence, "It's about. it was about time. <laughs> yeah, it's about right. Yeah. What, what? <laughs> no, it was. It's really great. It's really great. And and take that, Johnson. Um, Ferrari getting the pit stops right, I know. doing it perfectly, and winning because of a perfect pit stop. Yeah, I did think that was interesting, and I also thought it was yeah. interesting listening to the drivers talk about. You mentioned overtaking, and I, if I've got a negative, it, it really does look as though uh, overtaking in the new era of these aerodynamics is going to be very hard. And it also uh, makes me think that the reason that Hamilton, re I mean Ferrari, I don't want to take anything away, but Hamilton was complaining about his tires right from the get-go. Um, Botas, not so much, but Hamilton definitely. Um, so, I mean, I don't know from what you saw or, or read or, or, or think. What do you think Mercedes had a problem with with Hamilton and tire wise? Um, he was saying that on the radio at some time, a couple of times. He was also saying that um, um, he felt there was something wrong with the, um, the the floor, like underneath the car. Mm. So I don't know. I'm not sure. And when we asked him later, he said, no, I don't think there was something wrong. But um, the one thing that everybody said was it was really unpredictable how much more these cars and tires now react to the slightest change of the environment, like may it be temperatures, wind or whatever. So maybe that's what it was. I don't know. But yes, um, Lewis was saying that before even the race weekend, that these cars are harder to overtake because the whole slipstreams, you can get close to the car, but then to get by is really hard. One of the things I heard from the testing was that it is even more critical on the first couple of laps on your new tires that the temperature is different and then the way they last the rest of the life of that stint is different. Yeah, and they last a bit longer. Well, actually quite significantly longer. And I think that's the other thing that that was a bit of a loss in the race of excitement. With having just one stoppers, there's not so much going on than if you have like two or even three stoppers. So I'm not sure if that's not going to be looked at and changed through the season. Enge, you've been around this as long as I have, and I'm always looking at the non-obvious story of each weekend. And for me, there's no question that Okan stood out uh, in that battle uh, that he had and scoring a point, very significant. Um, I just wonder if there's anybody or any any story that isn't the obvious story that you kind of thought to yourself, ah, I'm going to watch out for that in the next race, races to come. Well, I think we have to mention Giovinazzi. I hope I pronounced yep, his name Yeah, Giovinazzi, yeah. The young Italian who stood in for Pascal Wehrlein, his first ever Grand Prix, his first ever race. And he only got the chance to get into the car in um, third practice on Saturday morning. Yeah, pretty um, impressive. I think at the same time we have, and he did a great job. I mean, he came in like um, 12th, almost scoring a point for Sauber. That was pretty impressive. Yeah. On the other hand, you have to mention Pascal Wehrlein. I don't think we've had that many so honest drivers. Like, he did have the crash of the race of champions in Miami. He did hurt himself seriously. He could not train. He could not, like, get fit enough. And he just basically said very honestly, after the two practice sessions on Friday, I am not fit enough to go through the whole race distance giving my 100%. 
And um, that's very honest. That's very brave to go and say that. And these cars are, and that's showing that as well, a lot harder to handle. Yeah, Inga, that's what I was about to say, is that they're talking about the G-forces being so much higher. And that's the first thing that came to my mind when Verline said he couldn't race. I thought, you know, these cars are are so they're, they're so much uh, more difficult because of the G-forces constant. Did you hear, was that specifically, or did, did they ever talk about specifics? With Pascal? Yes. He said it's the overall fitness. It's basically, you know, to hold the cars, to really be. And, and I asked him, it's like, he said, it's not just the physical fitness, but if the physical fitness is lower than during the race distance, you also that's also straining. It's, it's, it's hurting here, it's hurting there, and that's straining on concentration. And that's the other big issue. So, um, but yeah, um, they are going flat out to some corners where they have not been going able to go, have not been able to go through flat out to hold this as you say the g-forces is a very big issue and obviously all our fans here in the united states uh following Haas very closely and obviously it didn't start as well even though qualifying went well um from what you've gleaned down at albert park um were these problems that that they had today do you think i mean it, it, did the Gunter and the team talk about the fact that uh, you know this could be rectified, or was it doom and gloom? No, I think they're actually. Um, I spoke to Gunter Steiner, and um, they are. They're obviously not happy, but they're 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 happy with what they gained in in um, knowledge of, about the car and data. They're happy about the fact that their car is actually really quick, is significantly competitive. Grosjean was running up there in the top 10 safely. That is something they can look forward to um, and that they can build up on. Um, the problems they had, well, first race, you know, everybody has their problems. Look at um, home hero Ricciardo, yeah. not almost not even being able to start the race. Then two laps later, um, join it from pit lane and then having to retire due to technical problems. Those are things that happen and I'm sure, very sure that Haas will be doing really well in some of the next races. Inga, I want to ask you something about with Liberty Media taking over. Any obvious changes? I know there was some social media rules that were laxed up a little bit. Any any changes that you uh, that you that you noticed in Melbourne? <laughs> yes, I mean, first of all, you notice that there's a there's a new area, no new air in there. Like people are excited. You speak to some of those some of the people they are like, yeah, you know. Everything Bernie did is great. He built it up. But now the new change, the new ideas, it's, 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 a, it's a time of excitement in Formula One, and that's great. At the same time, I have never seen so many people from the teams, because only the teams are allowed to do this, to film all the time. Like, we were having a media session on, um, on the Saturday um, at Mercedes with Toto Wolf, and suddenly... Lewis Hamilton walks in <laughs> with his phone on, filming us and asking Toto some questions that his Facebook followers are asking. And we're <laughs> like, dude, this is our session and we're talking German. And he was just laughing and crying <laughs> and filming away. It's quite funny. I love that, guys. I think that is huge. Exactly. That's what we've been talking about. Inga, do you remember a couple of years ago that uh, Lewis kind of got in trouble for Snapchatting from the paddock for not having a broadcast rights on it? That's right, not going to happen right. anymore. And, and no, now he can. But still it's restricted. You know, you can't just... We, the media, we cannot do it. We're not allowed to still. Um, the teams are allowed to do 
some stuff the drivers are allowed to do some stuff it's 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 restricted it's regulated which it has to yeah yeah that's otherwise true everybody's going to go crazy and the tv stations do they do need something kind of exclusive that they show you know yeah the absolutely now awesome. taking the the teams are now taking the fans, as you guys say, into the locker room, which is great. Mm. But um, still, the TV stations get something that you know that is theirs, and that's important because they can then go in depth. But especially Lewis, he must be enjoying it. Yeah, well, yeah, hey, and he's a great ambassador. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey guys, we need to take it. We need to yes. take a quick break. Inge, can you stick with us through the commercial break? Yeah, of course I do. All right. All right. Well, hold on for just a minute because it will make it a really quick break. You're listening to Speed City live from Austin. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit, a little bit something controversial, something you guys touched on, but I want to go a little further. Be back after these messages. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself, Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Ambia Gusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only Ambia Gusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by Ambia Gusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Hey Austin, wake up and fly right on Talk 1370. And as long as I got my suit and tie, I'm gonna leave it all on the floor tonight. And he got fixed up too. Hi, I'm Andrea Vistoso, and this is Speed the Six. Dovi. And this is a Speed the Six. Ah, Dovi. I think, I hope Dovi's got better dance steps than Jonathan Green when hey, that song steady. plays. I know my, I know my timbers. <laughs> well, we still have Ingus Trekker on the line, and, and Jonathan, you talked about this right before we went live, and you were saying... You were talking about overtaking, and I hate to even bring it up because we have we're all riding the high of another team yeah, winning the opening. I don't opening. want to be the Debbie Downer, but the truth of the matter is, this new era of aerodynamics and big tires is also causing a problem, and and, and it came very obvious both for the race win, which was why Hamilton couldn't get past Verstappen for one. Um, and the real lack of overtaking, generally speaking, um, because it seems, and Verstappen confirmed it in a post-race interview, that anywhere within two seconds uh, of another car and the dirty air is such that you just can't get any closer. Yeah, Inga, is that what you're hearing on the ground in, in uh, Albert Park? Yeah, but then the, you have to say that if there is one guy who's really hard to overtake, that is Verstappen. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. Oh, that, nope. that is adding to that whole thing but yes that is the nature of the new beast that's the nature of the new cars and uh, 
I'm very sure that they will look into it. I mean, yes, they've had testing. Yes, they've tried it out. But this was the first race. Now we all know. Now we've seen it. And um, I think the tires, the, the um, you know, how long they last, the pit stops and the overtaking, there will be something that will be looked at. And I'm very sure it will be improved. Yeah, it is interesting in this new era. I mean, I watched Ross Braun wandering around, talking to Toto, talking to a few others. It's an interesting combination of people that they've got. And you, I don't know how you feel, but, you, you know, again, you know Ross pretty good. Uh, there's got He's got a lot of respect. And as the head of motorsport um, for FOM, I mean, it is a new era, truly. And he's the right guy. Definitely, definitely. I mean, he's... And it's also good that he was not involved in an active role in the last few years. So he has a bit of a step back and overview, not being too involved, but he is right in there. He's been, you know, he's been following it closely and he's, he's got such much, so much knowledge as well from the technical side. And I think that's, that's a really good thing. That's something that will also um, show in the future, um, improving the whole, you know, the whole nature of Formula One. Inga, what about Mercedes' team? I, I, I saw Lewis Hamilton afterwards saying a big congratulations to Sebastian and Ferrari. And, and you know, everybody said at the beginning, it may have been even Sebastian. No, it was, uh, it was Total Wolf saying, uh, we, we welcome competition. But we saw Total Wolf banging on the console in, <laughs> during the middle of the race. And uh, what do you think? Yeah, that, you, was, that <laughs> was nice. That was human, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Thank you. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, are they... Uh, yeah, you know, are they still just as confident, or do you think, you know, what are you thinking their their attitude is at this point? Um, I I think it must be it must be the wish of Mercedes that there is someone to challenge them um, if they win eventually. <laughs> but um, we, I think everybody's happy that Ferrari's up there. I think you could wish for um, Red Bull to be up there as well, and then you know have the three of them fight it out, get some really exciting races between uh, different teams. It can't. It 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 is good for Mercedes to have it had like last year that they um have both of their drivers fight it. But you need a bit of different colors in there. Like literally speaking, different colors of teams. Um, especially since we now have a pink team as well. <laughs> yeah. How far yeah. they can get up. <laughs> I, I love those colors. I, you great. know what though? I have a hard time seeing that color without seeing Pepto Bismol. <laughs> That's what I see. That's your problem. I saw that on Twitter. Somebody tweeted that, and ever since then, I'm like, ah, I can't get it out of my head. But anyway. That's bad. It's actually an Austrian water company, BWT, and I know them from touring cars. They're also in DTM, and they have two pink cars in DTM. Oh. And the really good thing is, here's a totally non-racing related point, but I, I talked to the teams. One team, like Force India, who they're sponsors, um, goes through about 3,000 bottles, plastic bottles of water a race weekend. Make that times 10 teams. That's a lot wow. of plastic on one race weekend. Well, these guys from BW2, they have filtered waters. They have aluminium uh, bottles or it, you just pour it for the gas. So that's saving a lot from the environment. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, our pink correspondent as well as our Formula One correspondent. I love it. <laughs> hey, so, so I got a question. No, I, I was impressed to get those numbers. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty Formula good. One more environmental friendly. Speaking environmental friendly, there was a whole lot of things going on to the track at the end of the race. Yeah, called humans. Feet. <laughs> yeah, that was scary. What in the world, Inga? Yeah, that was What's well, going to come of you that? Know what, Sebastian? Sebastian Vettel was saying there was all these fans on the track with Ferrari flags. It was great. It was fantastic. Mm. He loved it. You know? I yeah. actually have some friends. A friend of mine came down from Sydney with her son and um, 
they were there. They were right in there. And she loved it. She's like, it was an amazing atmosphere being able to go onto the track. I don't know if they get punished for it. In the past, racetracks have been punished for it. But maybe that's part of the new Formula One that um, the fans get close. Yeah, and I, I, Inga, the one thing that I want to look forward to, obviously, uh, we were saying here in the studio before the show that, you know, Albert Park is a, is a funny track in terms of it's a great track, but it's not necessarily a place where we can see the full form guide. Um, I'm just looking ahead to China. I, if I was thinking about what could be, I'm really pleased, for example, for Botas, because I think to, to step up the way he did uh, straight into the new team, get on the podium uh, and be really competitive right from the get-go bodes well for that battle. Um, is there anything looking towards China that you would want to look, want our fans and viewers to look for? Um, well, Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, mentioning Bottas, I was just thinking uh, it, it is really great. And he did a really good job. Yeah. Really. And he was pleased and he can be pleased with himself. I think China will be, it will be exciting. It will be interesting. But as you said, um, Melbourne is a different, different animal. It's not a track that stands for the whole season. Definitely not. You cannot say who did well in Melbourne will do well for the rest of the season. It's never been like that. But um, just like Melbourne, and it did stay, the track record for Michael Schumacher, um, from 2004, he also holds the track record for China. I have to throw that in here. Yeah. And the cars were so much faster, and they did not break his record. China is, um, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a very different track again. New challenges. Um, so we will see how they do there. And then, you know, after China, a back-to-back with Bahrain, once again, very different. We have a few overseas track coming up that are not similar and it will be very interesting to see how the news cars do that. Well, what a weekend and what a way to start Formula One uh, effectively. I do feel I do feel it's not so much a back to school, but it's a new era. I really do feel that way. Um, do you feel the same way, Inga? Yes, in, in many ways. You know, the new cars, the big tyres again, drivers having to really fight. Some of them have been, are really admitting that they have to do a lot more exercise to, to actually get fit to hold the cars and withstand the G-forces. Also, however, the new social media that the fans are a lot more involved now, that they really get into it, that they can get the feeling of Formula One. So that's new. And there's a lot more to come uh, on that side as well. Very exciting to have the fight between silver and red. Let's get a little bit of blue by Red Bull in there. <laughs> and it's going to be a really good one. I'm awesome. just really happy that the season's off and we get to hear from Inga firsthand yeah, right yeah. there. Yeah. Well, and by the way, speaking of uh, hearing from Inga, Inga, we're going to uh, we're going to have a spot on our website because Inga's a great writer and she's going to be doing a blog about <laughs> Formula One on our website, and then we're going to put out that link this week. This is like you know somebody in the paddock, Inga. <laughs> yeah, we know that's her. right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, well, you. Look, I, <laughs> I know her very well. She used to steal my interviews because she was so much quicker, so much more organized. And, and better looking. I, and better problem. looking. I'll give her that. I still am. Yeah, you go. <laughs> well, Inga Strecker, no, thank I'm, you. I'm going to try with that, with that blog. I'm going to try to take your guys a bit into the locker room, Formula One. Cool. Yeah. Pictures and write-ups. And um, um, over the season, I hope I'll do the same as the overtaking. I hope I can improve that blog as well. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Inga Strecker. We appreciate it so much, and uh, we will talk to you next or probably a couple weeks then. Fly safe.
couple of weeks from China. I might even come in next Sunday, even though there's no race. <laughs> there you go. Fair <laughs> you enough. Go. All right. Thanks a lot, Inga. Talk to you soon. Travel safe. Cheers. And good day from down under. <laughs> good <Jeez>. day. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to take a break, and uh, but when we come back, we're going to have a live guest, a race driver, Corey Lewis, racing the Lamborghini in IMSA. Stick with us to Speed City. Back after these messages. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Envia Gusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only Envia Gusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutale Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by Envia Gusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 Envy Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. Ducati Austin and the home of Envy Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. The right choice for breaking news first. Talk 1370. The right choice. Hi, Brendan Hartley. This is Speed City. Bloody New Zealander. <laughs> Welcome back, Speed City. A bloody New Zealander. Yep. More of them down unders. Yeah. Well, we uh, while we're waiting on Corey Lewis, he's supposed to be calling here in a moment. Uh, I want to continue with F1. We're going to talk MotoGP. Don't forget. We're going. I mean, oh, there's plenty to talk pl- about. Oh, yeah. Plenty to talk about MotoGP, but. Um, there's a couple things I want to talk about in Formula One because, uh, the, you know, I, I alluded to it earlier, but I never heard the full stats on the G-forces. I know there there were some that were floating around. Eight G. Eight? I saw, um, yeah, I, I think I, I did see on. I mean, I, I haven't seen the numbers. That's why I'm asking. They're, but they're pulling some G. Well, I mean, there were last year, I mean, in years past, we were at four-ish, five-ish, high on the high side. But if we really are at eight Gs, I mean that's well, it's, not it's, all the time, obviously. Well, yeah, but but that spikes up. What what you're seeing, just so people understand, that the, what's happened is that you've got bigger rear tires, which is always good, um, and that's by twenty five percent they're bigger, which means that there's a lot more mechanical grip, and therefore you're going, you know, the the speeds are faster. Um, which, like I said, has its drawbacks that you may not be able to overtake as easily. But physically, uh, as Hamilton described it, they are beasts to drive, which actually makes the sport that much more interesting. Um, oh, and, I agree. You know, it, it's you know the other thing with it is that uh, okay, you've got the width there, but uh, you know we talked about it earlier. I mean, one of the views we saw a view from the front suspension of one of the Red Bull cars. Yeah. Remember last week we yeah, talked yeah. about. Wings not being absolutely rigid and flexing. 
as from that view, we saw him making some turns and that wing actually raising up at slower speeds, which when you know is where they're going to have the turns and that's where they're going to have more downforce on the front end. So that totally feeds into this G-force discussion we're talking about. Yeah, and I think there's going to be a lot of um, changes, actually, as the year goes on. I mean, you know, a lot of these funky wings that you're seeing at the back of the fins um, uh, are also not controversial, but what's interesting is that they lowered the rear wing um, quite significantly, and now everybody's putting wings on top, which, yeah, according to the rules... A yeah, T-spoiler or whatever it is. Yeah, but according to the rules, that doesn't, you know, t- it doesn't. it's not against the rules. Right, But right. those might have to be revised because everybody's going to start, you know... Loading up, as it were. Okay, well, there was one of the things, talking about the front wing, there were, uh, somebody counted like over 45, I think it was 48 elements as pieces of the front wing. So, again, that's a lot of downforce in a curve. A lot of uh, resistance in a straightaway, too. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm sure that's going to fluctuate according to the track. Something, Albert Park, where there's so many turns there. Albert Park's a tough one so i yeah. can see having that uh, as a go on the higher end yeah well, you know one thing guys i know we touched on this already with inga and we've touched on parts of this but one thing that can't be understated is the uh, enormity of ferrari being winning again i mean we've had what is it it's been almost two years since they won a race it's been since 2012 since they were on the top of the, leading cha- the, on the leaderboard yeah. yeah leading the championship i mean this is Ferrari, who they get they get plenty of money from. No, uh, and I, you know it's funny. You don't think of psychology or or, or kind of the, the the psychoanalysis that happens in, in in racing. It's such a precise sport. You think how could that even bear it? But it does because now those Italians will go back and go, look, we executed brilliantly there, and they'll get back at the factory and they'll say, look, we're back in this, um, and they will. They'll start to. To believe, I mean, it is. It's a it's a human nature thing, and even even in a sport like Formula One, if you have a group of sixty people believing that they can win, um, the work goes up, the mistakes, the earlier nights, the mm-hmm. not going out. You know what I mean? It's it's it becomes you know it's it's you know, and I think you saw the the expression by Vettel jumping up and down, yeah, uh, and Inga just confirmed it. You know, I think it's going to be. A massive, massive boost to the team who, let's face it, have had a, a rotten time of it in the last year. Yep. Yeah, that, I just like, you know, the shakeup we've got it in the front. It, uh, you know, seeing the different cars up there, it's definitely Ferraris up there, obviously, today. But I'm curious, how is it going to play out the rest of the season? Are we going to continue to see Mercedes at the pointed end and Ferrari kind of sprinkled? Mercedes split the Ferrari, guys. Kimi was fourth. But uh, I'm curious, do we have something that's really going to shake up the system, the season for us in this? Was this a fluke? Sebastian yeah. wound up front. Uh, definitely great racing. I mean, it, he always does. But uh, I, I'm just really, really hoping for a shakeup for the season. You know, we just got uh, somebody tweeted us, Andy P tweeted, he says, uh, need to get the race at the top to be the uh, the Mercedes at some of the great tracks for Ferrari and others and Red Bull, Red Bull grabbing a winner too. I mean, obviously that would be 
having Ferrari and Mercedes battling out and Red Bull at winning some. Obviously, I the more the, more the merrier, but you think that will happen? With Red Bull, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, okay, Ricardo had a problem today, but, I mean, Verstappen's pace, again, Ricardo was interviewed afterwards, uh, and Verstappen's pace was such that, um, you know, they're going to be in it. And I really do believe that this is where Adrian Newey does shine, and he, he's done a very... Um, Clean car is the best way I can describe it. And I think there's more to come from Red Bull in terms of if anybody's going to mess with the rules and find ways of, 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 of bringing that car forward, Adrian Newey's the guy. Yeah, it's like we said, what, last week or week before, this ought to be a, a Red Bull perfect. We've got, with Adrian Newey, the best in the business in aerodynamics, and, um, and, and here we are this whole season, all the cars, all the talk, has been about that. So. And by the way, um, you know, McLaren actually did have a competitive car relatively compared to their testing time. So that bodes well, but it's, it's far from over for them. They've got a lot more to do. Yeah. It's, uh, and, you know, we, we talked about it. They've got to do something with Fernando's equipment. They've got to get it up and be the driver we know he is or, or was. I don't know. Is he getting too old? Can he still play this game? Oh, I think he can. Yeah, I mean, I, to, be, to be honest, I mean, and, and Fernando is making sure that the story is being told properly, which is he, he ain't getting any slower. They just have not given him a competitive car. And and frankly, um, all those roads lead to Honda. It's underpowered and unreliable at the moment. And um, there are a lot of rumors that, um, you know, that Zach and the boys are looking around and starting to, you know, take seriously the idea of maybe having to switch engines. Yeah. Oh man, that that's pretty big. That's pretty big. You know, McLaren's had a long lasting. It would be a disaster. Yeah, yeah. And but then you know you look at the street cars and McLaren's are running Mercedes. What do you do? Yeah, and um, you know Honda are doing so well in Indy and um, you know in in other forms of motorsport too. Um, you know, it, 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 I really do feel for uh, the the Japanese manufacturer. Uh, and the same on two wheels. They've you know had such a, a great. A uh, few years in in, in two wheel racing. Yeah, you know what? Also, uh, we talked about Esteban Ocon, but Sergio Perez at seventh, Force India. Really had, impressed with that. Yeah, I mean it was great. Both Force Indias in the points as well. Yeah, that's I know that's really amazing. I mean, you you, you wonder how they're able to do that, and and I guess with Haas stepping in, but Haas spent a lot of money too, so. Uh, I just like to see it. I just like to see, and that mid pack is going to be so competitive this year. I mean, it's already competitive. I, I think that's the most exciting part for me of the whole weekend. You expect Ferrari yep. to be going head-to-head with Mercedes, um, but the, the battle in the midfield now has given the sport a real injection whereby, you know, because this, this sport needs people to get behind Sauber, to get behind Haas, and to get behind a team that they can cheer for. And, you know, nobody wants to cheer, you know, it's like watching an NFL team. Nobody wants to cheer for a t- team that's never going to win. So, you know, yeah. you, you really, if we can have... If there's always a chance, you know, Monaco or a rain rain delay, whatever it might be, and I think that will, again, increase the sport. The social media, as we hear from Inga, is getting behind it. Now the teams are starting to push out stuff. So I think, yeah, I think it's all very exciting when we see more competitive teams across the, the board. All right, guys. Well, I want to take a, go ahead and take this break now because we got a lot to talk about with MotoGP, and I want to send the whole last segment on MotoGP and so let's go ahead and do that now. Let's listen to Speed City Live from Austin, and we'll be back after these messages.
you've ridden motorcycles in this part of the country for long, no doubt you know a Bud's Motorcycle Shop. Bud left this world a while back, but his legendary Harley service is right on. No longer is Bud's located in downtown Austin, it's now Rebels HD and has moved out by the Formula One track. You'll see all the familiar faces, so bring your new, used, and abused. But remember, there's no sign of shiny showroom prices. So check it out at RebelsHD.com. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. The Racetrack. It's where legends are born, where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. Talk 1370. The right choice. I got this feeling. Ed Brown, and this is Pizza. I like our new music style. I got this this feeling. I just don't like seeing Jonathan dance so much. I've got a feeling. Well, it's awkward. We've had a couple of people tweet say, "Why are we not doing Facebook Live?" It's because the whole Johnson Jonathan's dancing. It's it's not pretty. (laughs) There's got to be some FCC violations here. I just can't control my feet. Oh God. Well, we're we're happy that we're radio, so nobody can see us. Hey. Uh, so two wheels. We're back in action with MotoGP. Let's go two-stepping, two-wheeling. It almost got rained out the whole darn thing. I, I, yeah, but, we thought it might not happen. Uh, but yeah, qualifying. It was it was a disaster, huh? Yeah, just to, if you if you've been under a rock for the last twenty four hours, uh, the first race of the season. By the way, the third race will be right here in Little Old Austin, Texas. Yeah, the U.S. Buddy. Grand Prix is on its way. If you haven't bought your tickets, get on to the Circuit of the Americas website and buy them. Hey, things are already. <laughs> Speed shook City up. will be doing the commentary. What more can you? want we'll be there we'll be doing it we'll be having fun we'll be shouting at you in the crowd we'll be whatever it'll dogs just be cats, fun living together dogs and dead yeah it'll be just <laughs> awesome but uh, yeah and, and i actually think with argentina coming up by the time they come here for round three i think we're gonna see some really competitive racing and i think we got a great um you know uh, observation of that today well it's a shake-up already oh wow vinales coming into the um uh, Yamaha team and Lorenzo going red has not worked out yet. Lorenzo was way off the pace, but oh, Dovi man. was way on the pace. So Ducati have got a missile. Um, to be fair to Jorge, he'll get up to speed. Um, and I think with no qualifying, he started further back. But he was a lot slower than um, Davizioso. But that Ducati's a missile. It's on its way. And I think it will challenge Honda. They're not as quick. Um, as they have been in the last few years. And with Rossi and um, Vinales, what a start to Vinales' career yeah. in Yamaha. All right, we, we've teased the results so far. Let's, let's actually <laughs> give them to you. Okay. Maverick Vinales, first on his Yamaha. Congrats, After buddy. That was battle. so awesome. Yeah. Uh, Doby, second on the Ducati. Third, the Dr. Rossi on his Yamaha. At 38 years old. Oh, yeah. We now, do love him. Oh, yeah. And, and if you know, as we haven't said Marquez yet. 
he came in fourth. Yeah. Pedrosa, fifth. I'm going to skip a few, and I'm going to call out one of our friends. Scott Redding, Ducati, pulls in seventh. Nice. You know, How about uh, that? Ha- hang on a minute. How about Aprilia? Best finish oh, in yeah, history. Right. Sorry, Elise. That, yeah, w- no that rocked. It was Mark great to see Aprilia up in the hunt. You know, it, keep it up, buddy. That, that's great to see another brand up there, especially that one. It's got They've got a great history, but it just hadn't gotten to the podium. I mean, it Keep is it wider. Up. I mean, I know it's only the first race, and yeah. again, but that is wide open in terms of different manufacturers. We've got new riders like Sam Lowe's, a former world champion in Moto2. He's going up. Zarco, wow. Zarco led the race. Johan Zarco of France. We've got some new French motorsport superheroes, and there's one coming to the Circuit of the Americas uh, this week. My friend Sylvain Barrier. Watch out for him. The French Foreign Legion are coming. Hey, <laughs> what you doing Tuesday? I'm going to Circuit Americas. Why? Well, I was going to ask why you're going there. I'm going for the free test, which you can there be with our <laughs> How much with is us. it? It's, uh, it's free. <laughs> totally. One, two, free. <laughs> free is good. Free, is, free good. is good. No, seriously, if you're in the area, if you're anywhere in, uh, if you're in Texas, heck, um, uh, we've Tuesday got a free test Tuesday and Wednesday. The boys, Cameron Bobier, Josh Hayes, Danny Eslick, winner of the uh, Daytona 200. Uh, Heron will be there. John Massengale, Les Kaiser, and Johnny Green will be there, too. We're going to do a <laughs> regular right. show. Stick, stick around for a uh, after after show. Is that right? And if you are in Austin. It's not going to be a party. We're, we're unveiling the bikes. <laughs> it could be a party. We're unveiling the actual new liveries and bikes at um, oh, that's tomorrow, Container Bar right? and Rainy container Street tomorrow night. Yeah. Oh, is it called the Container Bar? And I'm working with yeah. the lovely Hannah, so I'm looking forward to that. Well, there you go. Hey, you know, we got through there, and I've made enough noise about Jorge Lorenzo wearing red this year. Jorge. Uh, he was runner-up. He was uh, spot 11. Uh, and a second slower. Uh, he struggled. What um, was scary is Lors Baz was on his heels. So think about the juggle of Ducati there. Andrea Dovey, second. Next up, Redding in seventh. 11 and 12. And it was Lorenzo in 11. Mm. That's scary. I did feel sorry for both Johan Zarco, who fell off while leading, and also Iannone, who fell off, similar to last year. Uh, and of course, he's now with Suzuki. So, um, you know, it's it, it was a it was a it was a tough day for some of them, but a really competitive day um, for the year ahead. And I'm really excited for this MotoGP season because. We know how talented Marquez is. He's going to be competitive. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Rossi clearly isn't done yet, which is great. <laughs> well, um, and I think, you know, I think Ducati could have a shot now. I think Rossi could have come up higher, but uh, he was also wise because I really think Johan burned up his front tire. Yeah. I think that's what put him down. Yep, um, and in fact, the team was saying that uh, Pancheral uh, of the Tech Three team was saying that really they were almost asking him to kick it back a bit because he he built up a gap and he was really bummed because uh, you know he had it you know he was in control and he just went slightly wider and lost the front. And that was it. Well, that's one of those things we don't talk a lot about the tire degradation in MotoGP, but it is there. It is there, yeah. And uh, you know, it's not as obvious as the F1 guys, but. This is a real thing, and and yeah, you may bolt out there and get your three seconds ahead of the pack, but you also consumed your tires. Well, and also, it was the funkiest of weekends. A, they didn't have the testing time because of no qualifying, and B, the race started at 9.15 p.m., so even yeah. even in Qatar, you know, it cools down, and they'd had a lot of rain in the area, and they had rain just before the race, which delayed it. So the conditions were so much cooler than they've ever run um, in Qatar. So 
um, it was a funky race in yeah, that respect. Everybody, everybody out of their routines, out of their normal, you know, with all the delays. Now, how often does that happen in MotoGP, Jonathan, with all that, with uh, no qualifying like unprecedented. that? It's unprecedented. I mean, yeah. really. I mean, yeah, you know, we. <laughs> I, I don't think I've seen it in my, in my sort of tenure of, uh, of following it, so... Yeah, it was a really bizarre, especially in Qatar. And that was the other concern is, you know, compared to the, let's say, Coda, which is absolutely ready for drainage. Uh, and in fact, it's one of the best drained circuits in the world um, because it was it prepares for heavy rain, which we get in Texas. Qatar, it rains maybe a few days a year. So oh, even though the circuit, that's why, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of standing water on the circuit, especially on the sides of the track. And even on the sighting lap, that's why they delayed it was that... Um, you know that the, the guys were all you know having problems, um, and they've also never won. Uh, sorry, they've never run wet uh, uh, tires at the Qatar circuit because it's never rained. Um, I went to a superbike race, the first one we did there. Um, it rained ironically, but only for a practice, um, and it didn't affect the overall weekend. But um, yeah, strange times. Well, any other anything out of Moto Two, Moto Three that jumps out at you? You want to talk about? We've got a little <laughs> interview we want to play. But before we Franco go, Franco Morbidelli uh, got his first win in Moto Two, which I I was actually surprised because he's been so competitive um, over the last few seasons. Uh, he's been on the podium a fair few times, but that was his first win, and so I was really delighted for him because he's a great kid. He's an Italian, um, you know, uh, and I think he deserved it. Absolutely, he deserved it. And um, I think it's also going to be Thomas Lutie was second. I think it's going to be a competitive Moto Two season. It was also a good Moto Three race um, before that. Um, so again, but that's always very tight. Um, but I think, we, like I said, throughout the classes, we've got some really. Really close racing. Okay, we just got another tweet from Andy. He said, uh, "He said, okay, I've done it." He said, "You talk, you convinced me into it." He's coming to Austin for MotoGP. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Come on in, Andy. Hey, so we've got uh, we got a little clip of an interview we did about an hour ago. Gentleman couldn't come on live with us, but Jared Mees. Ah, yeah, yeah. And- uh, okay. How many, okay, this was my first time to go see Flat Track when we saw it for MotoGP and we saw it for X Games. Yeah, in person, me too. Yeah, I'm seriously hooked. I watched it growing up. You know, Wide World of Sports did their 20 yeah. minute segment and back in the dark ages. But uh, I'm hooked. We need this around here. And it's coming back. It's coming strong. I think the X Games helped. It's always been a bit out there in the boonies in terms of being, but now with Indian, now with Harley Davidson, yeah. with Kawasaki, with Ducati, all getting part of it, uh, and with some really amazing riders too. I mean, I, I was part of in England of, of watching Speedway, uh, which is you know effectively the European version of, of, of flat track here. Um, come back into fruition and become a really great TV sport. And I think the potential is here for, for this sport to do the same. Yeah, absolutely. Why well, not? I mean, there was a major milestone this year. And so that is, that's a really big deal. Uh, Jared Mees, Jared Mees hit the, uh, hit the grand slam. It was huge. And so this is, you know, this is your trifecta. This is your, you know, whatever you want to call it. It is, a major milestone for a racer, and it rarely, rarely ever happens. But uh, Jared goes through, and uh, and he explains about it. And so uh, let's go to that spot with Jared Mees and hear what makes up this Grand Slam. Well, the, um, the Grand Slam actually came a long time ago, back when road racing was, and when road racing and flat track, uh, dirt track, were together as one United team to run the overall number one plate. So they called it the Grand Slam, and you used to win a short track, a TT, a half mile mile, and a road race. 
Well, years and years ago, road racing and flat track split apart, and they became their own separate championship. And really the Grand Slam now is just winning the four disciplines in flat track with a short track, a TT, which a TT is one right-hander and a jump or a hump uh, of some sort, a half mile and a mile. Um, coming into the season, I only had a mile and a half mile win, and then I won the season opener um, in Daytona a couple weeks ago, the 16th of March, and then last night I won the uh, my first short track. So prior to that, I was close. I had lots of podiums, lots of seconds, lots of really close last lap passes and and whatnot, but uh, never never was able to get the win. So climbed on the Indian motorcycle and um, was able to bang out, you know, two disciplines that I never had before. Yeah, it's awesome. How cool is that? Very cool. And he's right. got two very fast teammates in uh, Brad Baker as well. Uh, so uh, he, he's he's up again, and Brian Smith is the other. And we saw just how competitive those guys were when they were here in Austin last time. Yeah, yeah. This is this is beyond a triathlete in motorsports. <laughs> this is really cool, and it's a tough discipline. And uh, you know, it's one of those things. There's a lot of interest. I've talked to a lot of folks here recently. They're like, you know, are we going to see flat track MotoGP weekend this time? And it was like, unfortunately, no. Yeah, and it's a shame, and I hope we'll we'll get it back here, and I hope it grows, uh, you know, televisually. And I think, like I said, the X Games did a lot of good too. Uh, but these guys are badasses. If you haven't followed this, uh, you need to. And I'm so pleased for Indian uh, because they were, of course, they were they were a big player back in the day, and I'm talking 40s and 50s now. Harley Davidson, of course, have been the constant, uh, and they're badass too. Um, but this is, you know, this has been a huge part of the culture of motorcycle racing in this country. I think that's the word of the show today. So badass. <laughs> hey, uh, we've got the full interview for that. It's, I don't know, it's like 12, 15 minutes, and it's oh, really yeah, good. It's a lot of fun. Getting and we're going to have that up on SoundCloud tonight. So uh, check check our Facebook and check our website. And, and if you don't follow us on SoundCloud, we put a lot of content up there. Uh, smaller, short-form content will go up on our SoundCloud account. So just look us up on SoundCloud as well. But we'll have that, um, we'll have that full interview up uh, in just a few hours. And so, guys, we've got a little bit of time left. So I think I want to come back to Formula One. Um, I, first of all, I want to ask, now that you, you we, we talked about last week, let's, any predictions, Jonathan, for the rest of the season? Um, I don't think, I really, I mean, it's great that Ferrari have won. I don't think that we've seen the dominance of Mercedes wilt Go away. by yeah. any means. Um, I really don't. I think that Lewis Hamilton is still the man to beat. Um, I think Botas, like I said, he's, he's he's been one of my favorites for years. I'm so happy he's got a chance to prove he's got a chance to be in a car that is capable of winning every weekend. Um, I think he put some great performances in against uh, in Williams, um, and I also uh, it just shows you how good Massa is because again Massa had another good weekend um, in finishing in the top six, but. Um, I think we're really going to see the best of Botas, and I think he is a—he's so different than a Rosberg and anybody else that, um, that that Hamilton's come up against. And I do think that we would really see Hamilton tested now to the full extent with Vettel all over the back of him and with uh, Botas in an equal car. I think it's going to be very interesting. We're going to see the best of Ricardo and Verstappen, of course, has just begun. You know, Botas. Speaking of him, he, yeah, I like the way he. He's extremely serious, really focused, you know, and saying, 
you know, how's your weekend? How's this? No, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I'm not happy. I'm, I'm still, you know, you can just see that he's one of those ultra competitive is going to just do whatever it takes. You can just see that in, in, in his facial expressions even. Yeah. And, you know, the Finns are the Finns. And, you know, he loved nothing more than to... He's been overshadowed, obviously, in the last few years by Kimi Raikkonen. Um, Raikkonen's been a world champion. Um, and, you know, I, I think Botas has yet to have his day in the sun. And I think when, when, he, does, when he does, I think we're going to see... He could he could win and win and win. Uh, so I think in that respect alone, even if it is a Mercedes domination year, which it could be still... Um, it's going to be much more interesting than a Rosberg-Hamilton battle because Botas is a different kettle of fish. You know, we got just a few seconds left. I want to wrap with, I think that Haas F1 is going to do better than last year because the car is obviously good. They've got, they've got the, the speed, so uh, yep. that's, that's my prediction. I'm with you. I didn't say that last week, but I will this week. All right. All right, boys, we got to go we got to wrap it up. Check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. Come to the test. Yeah, come to the Moto America test at Coda. Stick around for the after show with us. Yeah, Tuesday and Wednesday they're having the test, and then Wednesday, you can at the very end of the, uh, at the, end of the day, we're going to do a show out there. Come out and see us. Check it out. Talk to us next week. Ciao. Oh. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 